Hi, and welcome again to Concepts for Living. We consider it a privilege to come to you from time to time with more biblical concepts for contemporary living. Stay tuned, you're gonna be blessed by this telecast, and I'll be speaking from the theme, Faith, the Path to Favor. We're lifting up the implications of our theme for this year. 2019. 19, again, representing in biblical numerology the principle of faith. Therefore, our theme as a congregation is simply this. We're walking in faith and favor. From week to week, we are discovering more and more that walking in faith leads to divine favor. But there's something we must remember here. That in order for us to succeed in this journey of faith is that you and I must be prepared to walk through the minefields of doubt, fear, skepticism, and even misunderstandings. It's about faith. Without faith, some things are impossible. Let's just establish that. But yet to him that believeth, all things are possible. God is saying something new to us every week as we gather in this place that we might be able to grow in our faith and that the increasing of our faith comes by hearing of the word. Jesus made a profound statement when he said, have faith in God. Very simple, but yet profound. Have faith in God. Some folk have more faith in the airplane pilot that they did not know what his grade point average was when he got his degree to fly. But we get in his plane and we sit down and we strap ourselves in and we dare go to sleep. Never met the pilot. I don't know what you call that, but that's faith. We tend to find it easier to have faith in everybody else but God. When if we truly have faith in God, it justifies our faith in everyone else. Jesus made this statement. He said, when I come back, or let me use it in his exact quote. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith in the earth? 
Will he find faith in the earth? That's intriguing to me because he's not saying here, will I find a more equitable society where there's fairness in all of our stratas of our community life? Or, or, or will I find the fact that there are no more wars in the world? Wars have ceased. Or perhaps he may have been able to say, well, uh, will, will families finally have a chance to survive? Or maybe the cure for cancer has taken place. No, none of that. But will I find faith in the earth? Because where there is faith in the earth operating, then God can be glorified. And people can advance. Because faith can get you into God's blessings like nothing else. Are you with me? So that God has endowed every one of us with a measure of faith. We need to thank God for that. He has given us a measure of faith, and you and I are responsible to make sure that our faith matures. So that in the end, we might reveal to the world what is possible. A building like this is by faith. Everything we have around here, by faith. I remember when we were looking for B3 Hammond organ. And I was in Atlanta, Georgia, visiting with my children. And while there, my wife and the others were on shopping. I got bored. You know, I'm, <laughs> I just decided, I'm not shopping. I don't want, you all go shop. And I just strolled through the mall by myself. And I saw this man in this little music place. And he was on the, on the uh, piano just going to town. And then over there, he had an organ. And I looked around. I said, oh, I said, can I, can I take a look? He said, yeah, come on in. And as I went in. He said, what, you interested in the piano or something? I said, well, I'm interested in a B3 organ, a Hammond. He said, what? Oh, you know about, you play? I said, no, I don't play. But I'm looking for one. And he said, that's interesting. He said, there is a person, an elderly lady, that has one in her garage. She doesn't use it. She hires me to play for her every weekend in her garage. I said, you think she'd sell it? He looked at me and said, oh, I don't know about that, but I'll tell you what, I'll give her a call. He went in his office, made a call. The woman said, yes, I'll sell it. There's a ham and organ here. <laughs> practical, practical operation of faith. What would happen if we exercise faith over our children? This newborn that I, that I dedicated today. This, what would happen if we determined that faith is going to make a difference in this child's life? That wherever she goes, this child shall succeed. In fact, there is a statement made, and I think it's rather profound. It's simply this. It says that faith grows by repetition. 
In other words, the more you speak that thing, the more you declare that thing, the more you decree that thing, it has to come to pass. And to those of you who might think I'm talking about uh, mental conditioning or mind over matter, no. It's faith in God. None of us, none of us make faith work. God works faith through us. But we have to have it. Even if you have it by the size of a grain of mustard seed, we need faith. This country needs faith. This world needs faith. We need to operate in faith so that we stop looking at things the way they are and decree what they will be, and we can do it through faith. Well, as always, we have three points to this message. The complication, the commensuration, and the complementation. Stay tuned. You'll see how it all fits to help you to walk the path to favor. It's by faith. Say complications. When I observed in this drama, I observed that uh, uh, the, 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 the first one on the stage is Ruth. In fact, the book is titled after her, Ruth. Now, now Ruth was a Moabitess, and she had married one of Naomi's sons. While they are in Moab, the father dies. One son dies. The other son died. So mama's a widow. Her two daughter-in-laws are widows. And there's no one in that family to support that family. She's a struggling widow with two widows hanging on. Brethren, a lot of times we create these problems for ourselves. When God leads, he don't lead you into anything like that. When God puts his hand of approval on, it's never going to end like that. Here she is. Now, I know everybody got to die. I know that. But what I'm trying to say is <laughs> they're not home. They're in a foreign land. They have no one, that's right, no one to turn to. Uncle Jim, Aunt Sue. You notice why I took all that time with that family there? Because it's a delight to see that people will step up to the plate and say, guess what, I'm going to be here for this job. We need that. And then what would happen in our country is if we act like a family again. We're all messed up now. You're so busy, one, but what I got and how I got that, and what, and I, I'm so busy looking at what you got, and oh, I was over there. Well, how come I didn't go? Oh, no, well, come on. In the years gone by, what caused 
many people to come to this country was the unique social order that we had. Not the sea and the sand, but the social order that said, when the pot is cooking, I'm cooking, hi, how are you? No, no, no. We, we, we didn't say hi. We'll call, but that's right, we'll call the name. I cook some soup, you. Oh, I got some peas and rice. Oh, maybe a friend that you know in the community say, you know what, I got this piece of land, I'm gonna start building my house. But I don't have no money. No problem, when you gonna start? We go and work to help him build his house. And then we will leave him. And when my turn came, they helped me to build my house. And the other time, that's the way we did. Am I right? What happened to it? Where's it going? How's it we can't work it? What happened? It's because we have taken matters into our own hands and we've created for ourselves complications. Excuse me complications. To that degree, we've got to do something to change it and stop blaming God. Let me tell you something. When your child gets out of order, what do you do? No, I just let them go on. I don't have no time with your children. They ain't going to wear me. I don't have no time. What do you do? Come here. In the old days, if they called your name, and they call all of them? <laughs> right? And you show up. Now! And we got, am I right? Yeah. What happened to it? Well, you got parents who are afraid of their children. Bring it in! In the old days, I see. <laughs> There are times when God has to reprimand us. And sometimes he sends a famine to do it. I'm not going to take the time to read it, but jot this down. Look at Leviticus chapter 26, and particularly verses 14 down through 19. You're going to hear God say, guess what? Say, I will, he said, I'll wound you, and then I'll heal you. That's just one. God said, I will send storms your way. God said, I will let hail come down on you. I'll do this, I'll do that. God said, and then he'll heal you. That's reprimand. Now, not brutality. That's reprimand. Because a lot of the punch, I'll knock you. What? I'll knock you out and all that stuff. Give me the, give me the iron cord. Bring the cord or broomstick. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of them folks be locked up and still locked up. <laughs> the way they used to call reprimanding. No, no. God reprimands, but his ultimate goal is that you're going to straighten out. Amen. Paul said, anytime you really have a father who never represent, reprimands his children, it's because he really doesn't love them. Because whom he loveth, he chasteneth. Am I right? Say amen. Amen. Okay, well, we're moving on. Now, hardships are a part of life. And when we get to know how God operates, 
then we don't get frustrated when our children start going, doing funny things. Because you know that you trained them right. The problem is them not being trained in the way they should go. And when they have never, you can't in any way charge them. Because the parents are supposed to be, how did I get on that? <laughs> Complications. So now Naomi said, okay, now I got a choice to make. I can either stay here or go home. Somebody will give God praise that there's a home waiting for you. <laughs> there's a place where you can go and get the help you need. Tell somebody you can come home. And when you come home, you're coming to favor. I'd rather be with God in rough times than to be without God in the best of times. Oh, I'm saying something to you. I would rather be with him. Come home to favor. So then, look at chapter 1, verse 21. Naomi's talking. I went out full and the Lord had brought me home again, what? Empty. Empty. That means I don't have a thing. And by the way, God did not name her bitterness. She felt so bitter. Let's see, I'm going to tell you what my name is. Let's get right theologically. Let's get it right. God did not name her that. And watch this now. But yet, if you read in the scripture passage, the whole context, it's only four chapters, you'll see that God re always referred to her as Naomi. Ruth and offer decided, let's go with her. She says she's going home. Thank God for a woman, a man, or whoever who will make a decision to go back and face whatever I've got to face. They're going to tell me you left us hung and, uh, high and dry. And you left so proud and so, you had so much. And now you ain't got nothing. Look at you, look at you, look at you. But in spite of all that, I'm going home. Come on, somebody. In spite of the fact they may not even open the door for me, I stay out in the yard. But I'm going home. And she came back. But on her way back, Offer decided, I ain't going. I'm going to stay in Moab. But Ruth, I said, but Ruth. Somebody ought to thank God for Ruth. Because when you, because when you listen to Ruth, Huh? Ruth said, I'm not going. I'm going to stay with you. Read chapter 1, verse 16. This is what Ruth said. And Ruth said, entreat me not, what? To leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. 
and where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. In other words, I'm here to stay. That's how come Ruth is with us. Complications can be the setting for verifications. You really don't know who people are and what they're cut off until you get into complications. Because a lot of folk will tell you that I will be with you through thick and thin. But when it gets thick, they thin out. Because they don't want to go through stuff. Somebody going to get this thing one day. They don't want to go through it, okay? But Ruth said, I'm not going to leave you. I'll be with you in spite of listening to your, what's this now, scarcity mentality. Always amplifying what you don't have. I ran out full, come back empty. Look at me now. Look at the situation. And look, she comes in town, and the town is upset. Why? Because she's bringing a foreigner. She's bringing Ruth, who is a Moabitess, who is an idol, idolatrous worshiper. Come on now, but listen to me. Watch how you kick out newcomers. Because that newcomer was Ruth. But Ruth was ordained of God. Watch this now. From the beginning of time, that she would be in the lineage of Jesus. Oh, your situation just might be an arrangement to position somebody else to where they are going. Well, we sincerely trust you've been blessed and challenged through this message. You know, it's amazing what God can do when we begin to believe Him implicitly and to expect that what he promised shall come to pass. Why don't you try it? Walk by faith, and you will walk in favor. So until next time, when we shall come to you with more Concepts for Living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.